Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about it. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louis. Louis! Kate, we're here and we're not alone again in the the wagon, I suppose, on Gotta Be Done. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. And I'm very, very excited to um, be doing tonight's episode, Butterflies, with uh, the Age and Sydney Morning Herald's, uh, should we call him uh, eminent bluey podcast <laughs> columnist? Because <laughs> I feel like Peter Wells was really hot on onto us as soon as we launched and um, gave us a nice little uh, shout out when we were just finding our feet. So hi, Peter. Welcome to Got to Be Done. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm sure I, it probably happened the same way it happens for you, which is I was just searching the word bluey one day on Twitter to cheer myself up. <laughs> One day, every day. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much for tapping in, Pete. And yes, you, um, as well as writing a weekly column in the Age and Sydney Morning Herald on podcasts, do do a lot of Twittering about Bluey, which um, is how plenty of us have all found each other, I suppose. Where did you find Bluey in the first place? Uh, It it was someone at work, actually, um, who, who recommended it. And... Their recommendation ha- uh, recommendations for kids shows hadn't been that great before, so I was a little bit. Oh, no. I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll watch it. Yeah, sure." And then, and then one day I sat down and I think I watched like seven in an ep- in a row, and I just I, I fell in love immediately. It was so so sweet and lovely, and um, yeah, just I, I loved the way the characters always had um, more to kind of develop. Uh, you know, the the longer you watch the show, so yeah, I was I was hooked immediately. And you've picked the episode we're talking about today, which mm-hmm. I've, I've got to say, it's a brave pick. Uh, this one, I don't know about you, Kate, but it's been on my back burner for a long time because I don't think I just had the intestinal fortitude to deal with all the emotions that Butterfly oh, brings up. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, Mary. There's so many um, childhood emotions that really get triggered for me in this episode, you know, like feelings of exclusion or being left out um, and my heart's with bingo in this episode. What about you, Peter? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favourite bingo episodes um, and I'm I'm not sure, like, where I saw it in the, uh, you know, you, you see so many uh, Bluey episodes in a row that you can't re- kind of remember which one came first in your own mind. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, this one for me was definitely the first one that where I just really felt for Bingo, and and there were a couple of interesting little, uh, I'd say, filmmaking techniques on display here as well that really caught my eye that that made me think that Bluey is way better than uh, anything else I'd seen uh, in the in the kids kind of TV genre. Tell us more. What was the moment for you with like some of these film moments in the episode that really stand out for you? Well, I guess the, the first one is that that extreme close-up, and, and I can't remember what other episodes they do it in, but there's there's a moment when, when Bingo first sees the little, little ladybug going up the wall yes, um, where yeah. she first sings that gorgeous song that is, I mean, the song is just heartbreaking and beautiful. <laughs> I love oh, that song I so know. much. Oh, I know. Ding, ching. No one to love him at all, ding, ching. When she first sees that, you get that great uh, extreme close-up where you can see, you know, the individual kind of 
uh, bits of fur in, in Bingo's hair, and uh, I don't know, it's just and, and her little bubbly, uh, little pebbly nose and stuff. And it's 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 such a, a an interesting little thing from a, a like a, an interesting kind of view from a show that is always so um, you know playfully fake and happily kind of uh, cartoonish to to suddenly get this realistic image. Uh, so that was really interesting. Yeah. But, but actually. Mm. When I watched it again, because um, I watched it about five times in the last week uh, in preparation for this. <laughs> Just a little bit of background homework, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, look, it, it was it was a hard slog. But, no, I, I loved watching it each time. But but I think there's something really interesting going on. Um, this sounds so pretentious, but in the, in the cinematography of the episode, there's um, a lot of people have talked about, like, how ridiculously big uh, Bingo and Bluey's house is. Um, yeah. And how it how it structurally it kind of doesn't make sense and and I I've I accept that kind of criticism but I I've always thought that that was kind of um, we're seeing the house from the perspective of the, the children and that's why it's so much bigger and that's why it oh kind of oh my god maybe doesn't make theory. sense to us yeah and yeah. I think it, that that is explained really really beautifully in this episode which is very first shot you've got um, uh, Bingo and Bluey and Bluey's dad <laughs> as as uh -huh. uh, um, judo calls him. I love how all the kids in the show always just refer to each other as whoever's dad. <laughs> yeah, anyway, like yeah, dad, so judo's mom, Missy, yeah. that says Mr. Healer, and that's the only time you hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so in that very first opening shot, it's just a, a, a standard shot of the three of them um, as as Bandit is hanging up the swing, and it looks like a fa uh, a fairly normal backyard. And then as soon as Bandit leaves the 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 space, uh, the very next shot you see. The, the background, uh, sorry, the backyard is now like the size of the MCG. It's this gigantic yes. space that they're playing yeah. in. And, it, mm -hmm. and I reckon that's that's them showing the perspective of Bingo of like suddenly the world has become so much bigger because uh, the parents aren't around. That is a really good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is true. It, it seems so spacious, like kind of going in every direction because later you do see um, the healer house next to Judo's house and they do look like single-fronted quite, you know, narrow things so mm, so yeah mm. that's a probably a really good way to approach it judo is so bossy yeah she is but she doesn't have anyone else to play with now there's something when judo is having her turn i'll go first as the butterfly bingo and bluey are comparing notes on judo essentially and bluey's defense of her that she's been a bit pushy and we've seen bingo kind of edge away is that she doesn't have anyone else to play with. Now, what did you guys make of that? Well, I think she seems like an only child, but um, the narrative on only children, I guess, is an interesting one. There's been a lot of discussion over the years about, I don't know, maybe they're more inherently selfish just because they're used to having so much one-on-one -on -one attention and praise and love from their parents um <laughs> but at the same that's... time I think that's sort of changing now like yeah I feel like that narrative has become a bit more tired and families are very very diverse particularly in Australia now and there are a lot more one child only families um I read a really interesting article on the weekend about the case for one child family uh -huh. and um yeah it was just pretty fascinating I guess because my mum's an only child and she was very determined to have more than just me because of her experiences growing up 
but yeah, it's, it's it's definitely an interesting one. I mean, you've got so many brothers and sisters, Mare. I'm sure that there were many moments where you longed to be an only child and getting all that one-on-one <laughs> attention. Well, I don't know if that skews my perspective on this, but when I think about, you know, watching TV as a kid, it did always seem like the only child families, the, the brat of the show would always be an only child. And I'm thinking of... Um, the rabbit in Arthur and um, oh, Angelica Pickles, classic yeah. example, Rugrats, yeah. yeah. Um, Victor um, Rataxis's son in Babart. Um, yeah. So, but I don't know if that's a real <clears throat> thing or if I'm just skewing it because I perceive only kids as brats, which I don't. Uh, it's definitely surface, a TV trope. Might... The only one that comes to mind for me, apart from, um, uh, well, there's uh, Veruca Salt from uh, Willy Wonka is the okay. kind of classic yeah, yeah. Um, uh, only child in, in movies. Oh, uh, but uh, Cartman, Cartman is the one that I okay, think of yes. uh, when I'm thinking uh, of only children. Well, um, only child sociopath, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely think that there's uh, – yeah, I mean, there's that pressure. Like, as soon as we had our first child, everyone was saying, well, when are you going to get the second to to make sure that, you know, the, the, <laughs> the child is okay? Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so you definitely true. hear that a lot. But but I think that, um, uh, as you are saying, like, the, there is uh, a move away from that these days because, first of all, it's just so hard. Like, it's so mm. hard to raise kids. And, and I think as soon as a kid goes into uh, daycare or to to public school then um a lot of that stuff will hopefully um be kind of socialized out by the fact that they're they have to start um you know dealing with other kids and other kids needs what are you doing bluey's dad hey judo just putting up a swing yeah it's a fabric swing yeah they have them at bluey's school i know that blue's my friend so what do you think about judo then in this in this uh representation is is it fair to her or um or is it a bit more of a trope I do feel like it's a bit more of a trope, actually. Um, I'm going to make wild assumptions here about um, the the neighbours, but I'm guessing that, like, Wendy is maybe a single mum, a bit snooty, and, um, yeah, Judo does seem sort of like the privileged rich kid who's had all her (laughs) mum's attention lavished on her. But I feel sorry for Judo in this episode because it's clear that she wants and craves the company of the healer girls and even the game she plays later with bluey telephone you can't help but think that's what she's hearing and witnessing all the time so although that um angle takes us i guess into another uh classic tv trope i suppose which is blame the mum for everything (laughs) (laughs) now I just want to get to know Wendy more so she can uh give a bit more personality and a bit more character that isn't just the bad guy of this like she's really the only baddie in the whole series apart from possibly Judo so oh come on Mary every tv series needs like a villain (laughs) she's hardly a villain (laughs) well we've got a shout out at this point to um one of our dedicated listeners um white chocolate who got in touch at the end of last year with a very passionate email and the subject line um you guys are gonna love this and possibly have to translate it for me why i stand judo and she's not that bad as a person (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it's like, yeah, why I stand behind perhaps or stand well, with. Did we discuss this in the fairies app, Stan? I can't remember if we got around to it, but I feel like you know what Stan is, Pete. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. No, um, <laughs> no it, it's it's like, uh, what is it? Um, it? It's just to be like a huge fan of. Um, to yeah, be I think it's with. like stalker slash fan even maybe. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's something the young people say. And this correspondent um, was a self-confessed 16-year-old who enjoyed listening to two middle-aged mums talk about Bluey unironically was his words. So, um <laughs> I, yeah, getting the teenagers to do anything unironically seems like an achievement. But, yeah, what followed was a big missive about why judo, we should give cut judo a bit of slack. And, yeah, I think um, I think having watched Butterflies a few more times recently, I'm possibly leaning in that direction. But let's thank you for the – thanks for the missive white chocolate. And, yeah, let's keep exploring. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for uh, Lucky's Dad Windy Romance in Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> That's if Chanel's not in the way. Lucky's dad has to be the you know, the hardest working person on that show, I think. Although uh, the most most patient, well, I would say. Yeah, most um most body on the line, I would yeah, reckon. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he's a solid neighbour. You'd be happy yeah. to have him as your neighbour, I reckon. I don't know how tolerant I would be if I was being attacked by my neighbours while hanging out the washing in the middle of the night. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've pondered that. Um, so, so what other episodes of Ju- has Judo been in? Um, what, what are some of the, her other moments? So it's the only other one is fairies. fairies. We've seen Wendy quite a few times, who's Judo's mum. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we just see Judo for a split second in fairies. And, um, yeah, one of the points our uh, Judo correspondent made was that she's actually playing hopscotch with two much littler kids um in the final scenes of fairies so perhaps perhaps she's already mending her ways oh <laughs> there's a bit of character development going on perhaps so yeah um but yeah they definitely have done a good job of the uh just instantly capturing that kind of grating annoying child with just the tone judo has from the get-go <gasps> Little kids take so long to do everything. He's only got little legs. Like, she just sounds kind mm. of hyper-aggressive, but it's still totally precocious. Yeah. I know. Imagine... I go to Bluey school. Yeah. 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 You can imagine Maybe. she's been watching Dance Moms or, I don't know, that she goes to a lot of ballet classes or something like that. She's got attitude, that is for sure. It's such a sweet game. Like, it's kind of, it's almost surprising that she's not, above it have you guys ever played butterflies <laughs> yeah I, I love how sweet like how they come up with these games like there, there are some games on the show that you watch and you go yeah yeah i played a va- version of that as a kid but with, mm-hmm. something like butterflies i think that's what what why this episode stuck with me so much as well it's just the the creativity of coming up with that game is just so wonderful um so hats off again to the whole ludo team because it's it's just so sweet okay first the caterpillar crawls along the ground then it gets in the cocoon then it hatches as a butterfly but the butterfly catchers have been hiding catch it Uh, we're here and um this is a bit of a disaster apologies to lovely p wells i managed to 
in the recording of the Skype interview, I guess, uh, lose some of it. I don't even know how that happens. How, how does technology happen, Kate? Like really? Technology, who knows? <laughs> like I'm one of the oh. people who like learn enough to use something and then never explore the other 80% of functionality. So. I, I feel like um, the podcast gods, this is the first time they've turned against us. Like, yes, there's been some dodgy audio in the Gotta Be Done life, mm. but really, you know, it, it could be worse. The main thing that we did talk about and may have lost um, was the amazing music <laughs> in this episode, which is all just builds around that one little song. Poor little bug on the wall. Ting, ting. ting. <laughs> no one to love him. Um, we have been singing that song nonstop in my house. It's the perfect, like... Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. It, Think I'm going to yeah. go eat worms. Song for the 21st generation. It really yeah, is, isn't it? Oh, I haven't thought about that song for a long time. I know, um, but yeah, not not quite as embittered. Um, more <laughs> just kind of sorrowful, I suppose. But yeah, that's it's kind of an empathy song, isn't it? You're feeling sorry for the bug rather than yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and the tune just builds and builds. Um, and gets, I guess, co-opted into the whole score. But um, you said you hadn't managed to check in with Joff about where it came from. No. I checked in with Google. Yeah. And um, on the Canadian Girl Guides website, oh, it is listed tell me more. as a campfire song. So the lyrics are a bit different, but, um, yeah, that same the same poor little bug on the wall, no one to love him at all. So they then, have the ting-ting, so I feel like that is the crucial part well, of the song. if ting-ting is a part of it, it's not listed on canadiangirlguides.com <laughs> or whatever the equivalent is. Um, but yeah, I can see how it works as a campfire song, and they explain um, how you sing it loud, and then you sing it really sad, and then you actually sing it um, around the campfire uh, they describe it as like uh, rubbing your lips up and down, which sounds highly the... suspicious. <laughs> well, no, but maybe more like um, oh, like underwater. Yeah. So if you've got a campfire, get amongst it. Um, Mary's not... wearing very bright red lipstick, yeah. by the way, and she's got <laughs> it all <laughs> over oh. her hand. <laughs> that is my level of commitment to this podcast. Anyway. Um, Look it up. The the whole of the world will be singing um, "Poor Little Bug on the Wall" in no time. I wonder where they found it. Uh, I wonder was if it was Bush, a girl guide in Canada, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jean Lucas. But isn't it funny how schoolyards like the same sort of songs are recycled year after year? So it could just be a song that maybe one of. Um, Joe's kids heard in the schoolyard or, you know, maybe um, a nana has taught it to one of... Yeah. Anyway, music. It's great. This is a lovely uh, (laughs) musical interlude in this episode. We'll take you back now to regular programming with what I did manage to record with Pete Wells. Sorry, Pete. (laughs) One of the other things that makes this and almost every episode of Bluey so good is uh, the music and... Uh, and again, I think this is one of the first times I really appreciated the music so much. So, you know, obviously there's that beautiful song that we've now tracked down to, uh, the earliest one I I can see is 1993 of, uh, the poor little bug on the wall. Um, but yeah, so there's that song, which is so sweet. And then, then the music kind of starts to build up as they're playing the game. Um, and when Bingo first jumps out of the, the, um, swing and she's looking for the kids, what makes it even more heartbreaking is the, the music gets more upbeat. Even though we, as the audience, know yeah. that like Louis already run off, she's super excited, and so again, it's it's from her perspective. So she's really, really excited to go uh, get caught, and so the music gets even happier, which makes 
the reveal so much sadder for her. Um, mm. So that that's just beautiful direction there. I, I love that so much. Ooh, look at me, I'm a butterfly. And then the music is great anyway. Like the, the the way they play on that that little tune is fantastic. Uh, what, what did you guys think? I, I guess the flip side of that, and you know that euphoric but also heartbreaking sort of moment, is when Bluey does return to Bingo, and um, she tries reasoning with her without success, and then she sits and she starts singing the song, and it's just mm. that you know sl- sad stripped back minor sort of key and then you know she starts singing and with the big pause and the tears rolling down her face i know and then then bingo says gin gin from the the back i know and how heartwarming and then you see bluey's tail start wagging and you're just like and then yeah they have that beautiful hug as well it's um they really know how to pull in the emotional heartstrings with a little bit of music at Team Ludo, don't they? Yeah, they really do. And and I, I love the the thing about the tails. Like the the you know the Bingo's tail actually starts to wag when she sings uh, Jin Jin from from inside the little swing. Uh, so it's it's just that little visual cue that like she's feeling better again. And I, I think the tails they do so well with the tails. They say so much with the tails in this show. Like uh, I'm I'm always kind of like looking at what. Um, what any character's tale is doing to see whether what <laughs> yeah. their real emotion is of the scene. And, yeah. and that's such a beautiful little trick that they do on this show as well. Um, well, Russell Howcroft on the ABC TV show for adults, Gruen um, Project, <laughs> talks about um, dogs in advertising and how everyone loves a dog ad because a wag is a smile and, yeah, you really do get that sort of sense that when that tail starts wagging, everyone's usually, I don't know, it is a joyful moment. No one to tickle his toes, jing, jing. No one to blow his nose, jing, jing. On the score and um, inherently joyful emotions, I found a new podcast and I reckon you would love it, Kate, and you probably already know about it, Pete, The Art of the Score. I saw you tweet about this this week and I'm really excited to listen to it. It sounds amazing. (laughs) So this is um, a bunch of, I feel like they are deep divers like ourselves, Um, uh, three presenters. I think they're from um, Swinburne Uni and musical experts I suppose and they'll just pick a movie a week and go deep on the the score and the music and um you know what what bit of music relates to which character and I've been sort of on and off listening but I listened to their Little Mermaid episode like the Disney version and it's just so much I'd never thought about or realized like the fact that in all the under the sea musics it's always rising up the scale like bubbles and like I'm still getting over that fact like perhaps everyone else in the world knew that but that just blew my mind I'm like yes it does um so anyone who likes us you know doing the slight delve into bluey music I would recommend getting onto the art of the score yeah, I'm going to check it out. I mean, I love all those old Disney movies just because they remind me of being a kid. Um, but, you know, there's so much um, musically to unpack there. I was, um, as soon as you said, like, the bubbles going up with the notes, I was thinking of um, Mary Poppins and how they intentionally, like, because she was contrary, like, the medicine go down, the music actually goes up at the same time. So Yeah. 
I've just gotten through the Fitzroy Diaries, though, so I really need some time to recover from that because how beautiful was season two. Oh, my gosh. Not because you're dirty, not because you're clean. My Louie, you were meant to catch me. Ah! Quick, Louie, run away! The hand-clappy game for me was a real throwback. When... Bluey and Judo run to Judo's house and they're playing Not Because You're Dirty, Not Because You're Oh, all right, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember that. At, well, because there was an ad in the 90s in Australia um, promoting the dairy industry and okay. I remember that being, um, so it was like, you know, how much calcium do children need each day? A tub of yogurt, a piece of cheese and a glass of milk or something like that. And part of that ad had a little... I'm serious. This is wired into my brain, like a lot of early 90s ads. Yeah, and and part of that ad had in the background, not because you're dirty, not because you're clean, like that hand-clappy game. Um, Well, I think I've heard, is it in another episode at the school, the next line is, my mum is the dairy queen or something? So perhaps is it straight out of the ad? Maybe. I don't know. What is a dairy queen? Man, this is a rabbit hole to go down. (laughs) <laughs> we need to like do some more research hole. on this yeah. but yeah there was definitely like I'm guessing early 90s and and yeah well obviously I'm still remembering my calcium requirements for children so it must have been pretty effective ring ring oh no it's judo on the phone so Pete every um, guest that we've had on the podcast we've asked a series of rapid fire questions um, to uh, get their perspective on Bluey. Um, mm-hmm. So what's your favourite episode? Uh, it's got to be camping. Uh, everything about camping is so sweet. The 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 little love affair with John Luke, or it's not really a love affair, but they're the... They're, <laughs> oh, it is a love day, affair. It is a love affair. <laughs> yeah, indeed. The time travel bit at the end, the bush wee, um, you know, uh, Chili is, is fantastic in that. So, yeah, it's a great episode. Uh, favourite character? Bingo. Um, oh. I, I love Bingo. She's the sweetest. That's why I love butterflies. Do you have a favourite quote from Bluey? Uh, I think it has to be, um, well, I mean, my, my favourite quote is, uh, hello, Dr. Ladies. That just cracks me up. No matter, <laughs> every single uh, time I hear so Rusty underrated. say that. Go yeah, Rusty. Rusty's the best. And we've got to say as well, that is actually the first time you got in touch with us to interview us for the Agent Sydney Morning Herald. Pete, that that was your opening line. So that was just perfect. And that is how we would like to be addressed in all correspondence going forward. You nailed it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think if if you're going to talk about uh, cultural impact, I think um, for real life has to be uh, the the great all time. I reckon dollar bucks. Like I've heard so many people call them dollar bucks now. What are you most hanging out for for season two? Well, since you started talking um, about Judo's uh, mum at the start of the episode, I'm, I now kind of want to see an episode that is purely on the parents. Where, like, I know they're never yeah. going to make that. They're just something that is, you know, all the kids are asleep and then we get to see what happens. <laughs> Bluey up late. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I could get behind this. Well, you know, the show isn't necessarily about the kids. It's about um, 
games. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, let's not get too R-rated here. I think but, we've done a scary yeah. path already. And I'd also love to see a kind of episode, you know, you know, like when The Simpsons did the episode of like when Bart was born and when Lisa was born. I'd love to, mm. to get some of those flashback type of episodes as well. Yeah, I loved the flash forwarding camping like you were just saying before. So, yeah, a little bit of um, history, perhaps like how Bandit and Chili met or um, around the birth of the kids. That would be pretty exciting. We've talked about how important the music is in this one, in everyone. Um, is, do you have a piece of favourite music that you'd love to see pop up in Bluey Peak? Ooh, um, I'm uh, I'm not good enough to answer that. You know, like I mean, I, that, that's one of the reasons why I don't listen to uh, out of the score. I've got a friend who who loves it to death. Um, but I I'm I'm not musically trained. I'm terrible at music. But uh, yeah, so I can't really answer that one. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. And what about plot lines? Is there anything um, specific that um, you're hoping Ludo will sort of cover in the next season? Mm, I'd like to see, yeah, I mean, well, I guess the big unanswered question is what the hell's going on in that daycare, the the (laughs) placement? (laughs) And and why is there only one staff member for for that many kids? Um, I mean, she's very competent, but uh, that that seems unfair. Yeah, so I guess some of that stuff would be fun to see. Um, I I would also just like to see maybe... uh, I don't know, uh, Bluey trying prep or something like that. I, I don't know, a new environment for them to play with. Yeah, very absolutely. Worthy. Um, <laughs> Pete, we've been so privileged to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, for anyone out there who would like to see more of Pete's work, you can go to www.theage.com.au. You can also try the Sydney Morning Herald, which is www.smh.com.au. Or you can find Peter on Twitter. Peter, what's your handle? Uh, it's Peter Wells. I've been there for a long time, so I managed to get that, that early. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to um, get in touch with us or want to um, have more bluey discussions in between episodes, you can find us on all the social media channels uh, at Bluey Pod on Instagram. And on Twitter, you can find us it's at Bluey Podcast because some jerk in Perth uh, took the bluey pod handle. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Facebook. It's uh, just by searching "Gotta Be Done" or at Bluey Pod, and you can email us. It's BlueyPod at gmail dot com. And I can't say it enough. Every time we get a little fan um, message, it really does make our day. Mary usually forwards it to me, going, "Oh my god, look at this one!" And then we <laughs> yeah, have yeah, discussions we're very about mature it for about hours. It, so. <laughs> Well, can I say uh, thank you for doing the show? Because it, it, um, it's I, I'm always happy when it pops in my feed. Oh, that is so lovely coming from such a podcast aficionado. So thanks so much for keeping listening, and um, yeah, we'll be back next week. But in the meantime, um, got to be done. It's got to be done. Bye, bye, bye. Ring, ring. Put your phone on silent. Oh yeah, good idea. Bzz, bzz. Thanks, Bingo.